something has come naturally to SAFM. SAFM. Like being SA's news and information leader. Information leader. SAFM, 104 to 107. Good morning and welcome to Media at SAFM. I'm Lizette Khan. I'm standing in this morning uh, for... I'm standing in this morning. Sorry, it's been a very, very, very long morning so far. I am a little sick, so if the voice does sound a little scratchy, just know that it is a little bit of the flu. Um, like I said, it's Media at SAFM. Uh, we are talking this morning about women in media and it's particularly about their voices. Are they heard in the media? There was a very interesting study that was done by Genderlinks. We're going to go into the results of that particular study. In in studio, I have Teresai Nyamweda, and on the line, I have Krivani Pillay, who is the executive producer for SAFM Current Affairs News. Um, Teresai, thank you so much uh, for coming in on this Sunday morning. Know that it's a, you know, it is quite early to come in. Appreciate it greatly. Thank you, Lizette, and thank you for having me on the show. Krivani, I believe that you also have a little bit of a cold, so thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us on SAFM. The latest Johnny Clegg. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would give that, that opportunity to have the flu then as well. <laughs> Teresa, let's start with regards to the study. Now, the research was done by Genderlinks um, and it was conducted in Southern Africa and it's revealed some disheartening statistics. Now, the Gender and Media Progress Study was conducted in 14 SADC countries, am I correct? Yes, that's correct. And it covers gender and media content, so it looks at the content as well as within media houses as and media education. Yes. It also seems to be the most extensive study of gender through and ever undertaken in the media in Southern Africa. Yeah, am that's I correct? correct. So yeah. it's, it's a large body of work. Yes, I, I assume it took a, quite a while for you in order for, for you to actually complete the study. Yeah, um, yeah. the Gender and Media Progress Study, like you said, is a SADC region-wide um, media monitoring and research and advocacy project um, that Gender Links has coordinated um, together with um, like-minded organizations, media activist organizations, gender and media organizations. And we were able to work closely with um, institutions of higher learning mm-hmm. to do this research. And it did take quite a, a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it covered a period of, of a month. And um, we just chose it like um, in April 2015. That's when we carried out the research. And... Um, we had to have focal persons in different um, SADC countries uh-huh. to actually help us implement this project um, on the ground. And um, yeah, like you said, um, it's one of the most extensive uh, research projects on gender in the media within the SADC region that has been carried out. And um, the, resi- the results are quite disappointing as um, as we'll see um, uh, when we go on to the section on the results. Let, let's talk about, first of all, the reason for doing the study. What Please. was the reasoning behind it? Um, uh, what we wanted to do mainly was to gauge the progress that um, the media has mm-hmm. uh, has had over time since um, the first study that we did in 2003, which was our baseline study. And um, so we wanted to see how far the media has come over the years. And um, it was an opportune time for us to reflect and assess media performance. Um, we, were, we were at a point when... Um, we were just coming to the end of the Millennium Development Goals Mm -hmm. and getting to a new development framework of the post-2015. And also it was like 20 years after Beijing. And we wanted to see, are they still the same issues that were being talked about at the Beijing conference in 1995? Are they still relevant today? And... um, has anything changed? Have have women gained their voice over time, over the past 20 years? Um, So that was the, the main reason behind it. And also believe that giving voice to, to all segments of society is intrinsic to participation, citizenry, and democracy. So that's what pushed us to do this 
um, wanted to see where women are in and through the media. Kravani, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to look through um, this particular study, but just from a gut feel, from being in the industry and having worked in the industry for so many years, what does your gut say to you? Has a lot changed over the last 20 years? Um, there's definitely been an improvement, but but, but certainly not enough. Mm-hmm. Um, from from a news division uh, point of view, um, and from from our experiences, um, um, on the administrative side of the news division, there's definitely a lot more women in leadership roles. But in the actual content of, of media, there's not enough women who are the voices for the various sectors. So, for for example, in the division that I work in, we do a lot of analysis and, and, and commentary on issues. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, from health to business to education, economics, sport, um, there are very few women in the sectors who are either the leading commentators or, or, or spokespeople, you know, in, 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 in the industry. And one of the things that I ask my colleagues to do is to find the women voices um if if you listen to political analysis for example yeah. there are a lot of men at the forefront of that you know um and and we're looking for young women who are able to who are doing research in, you know in the political sphere um and they are they are definitely women <laughs> you know doing research but it's it's also just it's it i found it quite a challenge to um convince them to to come on and and share their views so that's one of the things that we're working on um but certainly from you know the 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 behind the news point of view we've definitely improved in the number of women in leadership uh, leadership positions in the newsroom i currently have more than 50% of women staff under in in my division and uh our two top radio uh leaders are women in so- the radio division uh, Teresa, just looking at, at, at your research and what you found, do you think that that actually resonates with what Kravani is living on a different on a daily basis? Um, to some extent, yes. Um, like she's saying, maybe there are more me- women in the media right now. Um, our research um, had, had missing information actually on South Africa because we could not collect the data. Mm-hmm. So there was a big gap on South Africa, which is... Um, what we are going to be doing this year, we're going to be doing um, uh, research to find out where are women and men within the South African media landscape. And we're working with, um, with SANEF to do that. Uh, but currently, um, w- with this research, we found that there are, there are like uh, 40% women working in the media industry. And we have seen actually an improvement, like she's saying, uh, an improvement in women who are in decision-making positions mm-hmm. um, within the region. So women are trying, you know, they are making strides to, to, to break the glass ceiling, in fact. So, um, like before, in 2010 or 2009, when we did the first study, uh, women were like 27% of women um, in decision-making, top management and the like. But they've gone, you know, 34% um, now, which is um, a great improvement that is very welcome. And we want to see them making uh, more strides to go into fed, um, into other areas of decision-making, like going into ownership, going into the boards of um of media houses. So it is actually true. Now, looking at your results, um, it, it seems to be that women's voices are often heard in, in the softer beats, you know, in, in, in climate change, that sort of stuff. But like Ravani is saying, when it does come to hard news, um, you know, the, the hard news in politics, mm-hmm. uh, especially economics, there does seem to be a vacuum. 
Um, were there any reasons that came up with your research as to why that is? Yes, um, we found that um, the most popular news actually is economics, sports, it's politics. And it's in those um, types of news that um, you don't find women's sources. Yes. Yes. So this also then lowers the um, the percentage of women's sources who actually speak in the media because they are not there in the most popular news topics. So... Um, it is true that, that women actually in um, softer bids, they, they, they talk about health, they talk about HIV and AIDS. Mm-hmm. Um, also the people talk, issues. Yes, the people issues, yeah. um, uh, the more human interest kind of things. Mm-hmm. But when you talk, to, talk about politics, it's not like women don't have views or opinions about what is happening um, around politics or around um, the economic situations and, and things like that. They actually do, but their voices are still missing because these are the most popular topics and um, apparently, you have to get the most official sources within those um, topics, and um, uh, women—you won't find as many women in those um, in, in those topics. Krivani, have you found that there's a certain barrier to entry when it comes to women's sources in in those particular fields, like hard news, politics, and sport? You know, um, when it comes to politics, and particularly breaking stories, so mm-hmm. it's just- for example, in politics, is incredibly important. You want to get people who are the past, who are able to analyze the persons who are doing research. So, so I find that the media, and I'm going to use the term loosely because I'm, I'm including, you know, newspapers and, and other broadcasters as well. Yeah. They go to the, you know, the, the tried and tested yeah. analysts and commentators, uh, which are mostly, you know, older white men. Yes. Um, which is a shame because if you look at uh, if you look at the institutions right now, and if you look at politics and diplomacy and international affairs, there's so many uh, vibrant women who are studying it, who are researching it, and we are tra- currently trying to convince them to come on board and and share their opinions with us and share their thoughts with us. So when it comes to a breaking news story, a news journalist would would go to the tried and tested because of time and deadlines and, and you're trying to get the person on the radio and you know you can rely on what that person is saying because they either studied it, researched it, you know, constantly on the beat of what's going on. Um, so I think on the sidelines, we need to be encouraging a lot more women to come forward and share their opinions with us. Um, and, 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 and it's a little bit disappointing as a woman when women tell us, you know, that they don't want to do it. Um, so it's, there is no barrier from a, from a, from a point of view where, where the media is stopping women from, from taking the podium and taking the stage and the mic and the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just about encouraging those new voices to get on our platform, for example. Um, and, and it's not for a lack of females in, in, in those sectors. It's just trying to get them on, on, onto, the, onto the platform. I, I, now, I know you, you're not a psychologist by profession, so I'm, I'm going to be asking you just a, you know, a layman's opinion. What do you think is the underlying reason why so many women say, no, uh, I understand, I've been ser- researching it and I've studied this, but I don't feel comfortable airing my view on a, on a, on me, on a media platform? Um, honestly, I think it's because of, of, of the way social media, um, the, the, the perception of social media now, because I think that because we're very quick to tweet an opinion about somebody or, or, or we, we, we take what they say and we 
it's it's mostly dissected on social media. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people, um, you know, some of their reputations have been pulled apart on social media yeah. for things that they've said, but because it's you know it's it's been taken out of con- context. Uh, some some people's reputations, um, uh, you know, are, 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 can be broken on social media. So I think that is one thing to consider because um, we tweet a lot and we podcast a lot. And, and whilst we're on a radio interview, we take a lot of that content and curate it on an online and in a digital platform. And... Um, and because we, 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 we don't shy away from controversial topics and we try and, and push those um, ahead, I think that, you know, one's reputation, one's credibility, one's integrity, they, they, you know, I believe, and, and I, like you said, I'm no psychologist, <laughs> I believe that could be the reason why some people just hold back a little bit. Because, yes, our reputations are really important. And, and how the world sees us is important. And we don't want our views to be taken out of context because that's exactly what it is. It's an opinion. It mm. is a view. And then you don't want somebody now trolling you and dragging you through social media. I'm sorry, I, I, as you can hear, my dogs are also early risers. <laughs> no worry, they also have a voice. Um, it is almost going for 20 past 8 this morning. You are on Media at SAFM. I'm Zed Khan. I'm standing in for Ashraf Gada in studio with my, with myself. I have Teresa Nyamweda as well as on the line Gravani Pele. We're discussing a study that was done with regards to the voices of women in media. Please feel free to give us a call. Our number zero eight nine one one zero four two zero seven or SMS us on 40938. Of course, SMSs are charged at 1.50 or you can also just hit us up on Twitter SAF at SAFM Radio and I'm, I am at Lizzie underscore con. Remember that hashtag media show. So I just bringing in a very interesting um, aspect now that, that, uh, that, you know, me social media is such a huge platform. Is, did that form part of your study? Um, unfortunately not. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't manage to do uh, research on, you know, Facebook, Twitter and and Instagram and other social media pal- platforms. But then um, in the global study on women's voices in the media, they actually did manage to, um, to, to carry out the research, including Facebook and Twitter news. Um, and, you know, the same situations that we see in mainstream media that transcend onto those platforms as well. Mm-hmm. And um, what are some of those issues? Yes, um, like, like um, one of the previous... Um, um, speaker was saying she was saying that um, people are afraid to say certain things on social media. Yeah. It's because of this whole, whole backlash. Okay. What you say, um, you're dragged, uh, you know, because of what you've said, and people start questioning what you said, and then you even question yourself. Um, you know, are you, am I an actually authoritative source of news? Um, so um, there's we, more more women actually no less women speak on social media. And it's um, mainly because of those uh, of those things, and um, but we see that social media has given us, um, uh, you know, new opportunities mm-hmm. f- for women to communicate. Um, they are seen as um, safer spaces, but they're not really as, as safe, you know, because of those, this whole backlash that we're talking about. But it's given women a new voice. Um, it has enabled women to speak about things that wouldn't they wouldn't otherwise have spoken about in mainstream media. They wouldn't even have. Um, gotten a chance to do so in um, in mainstream media, so uh, that space is a space that um, uh, women need to take up more seriously and um, expand 
and have their voices heard through this um, um, the, these digital spaces because they have given giving us so much opportunity to start to express ourselves, to create our own identities, um, to engage, to be mm. part of um, you know um, an informed citizenry who are actually taking part in democratic processes. Yeah. Now, looking at content with regards to media and, and women's voices, when it comes to what actually goes out from a content perspective, what were the key findings with regards to your study? Uh, in terms of their voices, yes. um, we had, um, it, it revealed that um, there are 20, 20% women sources in the mm-hmm. news in the Sadiq region. And um, this is this is like a, a, a paltry um, improvement because in 2010, they were at 19%. Oh. And in five years later, it 1%. was 20%, yeah. like just a one percentage point increase. And when we look back at when we first did the study in 2003, it was 17%. So are we saying over almost 17 years, are we, have we just gone three percentage points um, to improve women's uh, voices in the media? And how much longer will it take us to actually get to 50%? to be um, mm. e- heard equally, seen equally, to be read about equally in the media. Um, we are talking about not leaving anyone behind within this new um, um, development framework. But if we're 20%, are we not leaving more than half the population behind when we talk about um, their voices and their opinions? Um, we are talking about within this development framework, we're talking about um, having voice choice and control and Women's voices are systematically just silenced through the media uh, that we, the media texts that we produce. So it is going to take us a, a whole lot more time to actually get to fifty percent. And so we need more strategic measures to actually improve that. And when we zoom closer to 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 the country results, we see that South Africa has been stagnant at twenty percent since two thousand and ten. Seriously? Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And. Um, this is not just something that is only, you know, that happens in Africa or that happens in Sadiq or South Africa. This transcends borders. It's, it's a global thing. You know, women's voices globally are still lacking or underrepresented because the, the Global Media Monitoring Project results also show that women's voices are only 24%. And when we come to the Africa level, it's just 22%. So it's a global phenomenon. It's a global problem that we have that women's voices continually are continually underrepresented. With more women, though, um, ascending into leadership positions in different media structures, um, how is this not helping to then get more women's sources and more stories being heard? Because if it's staying stagnant, mm-hmm. that means that, because just looking at your results, it does seem like women are going more into leadership positions, mm-hmm. yes. but it doesn't seem to have done much when it comes to telling women's stories. Why would that be? Yes, um, you know, research has shown that even though sometimes you might have more women in a, me- in a media house or in a newsroom, mm-hmm. doesn't automatically mean there'll be more women's issues covered. You know, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't also necessarily mean there'll be more women's sources yeah. or more women working in that media house. Uh, definitely not. So it's, it's, it's not directly related. Yes, um, some women might actually have, um, look at news through a gender lens and say maybe we need to... Um, make a uh, deliberate effort to go out there and seek women's sources, but others will not just have that, 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 um, that kind of um, um, idea. Kravani, now looking at yourself and as an executive producer, do you look through that gender lens in order to get more stories where women's voices are, learnt, are heard? Um, yes, definitely. Um, we, have, uh, <coughs> we have two editorial meetings a day. One takes place nationally and and one takes place you know 
uh, just with, with the news team at, at SASM. And uh, when we're selecting guests and, and when we're talking about the kind of commentary, we, will, we, we, we all as a team make a concerted effort um, to look for those unheard voices. Um, even when our colleagues are going out into the stories, um, editors encourage them to, to look for the, 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 the voices that, you know, are generally, or, or the opinions are generally not heard of. Um, we do try, um, not for a lack of trying, um, but I do think, yes, we, in leadership, I'm, I'm surprised, um, that women, uh, in, in leadership positions, there doesn't seem to be a, a, a higher con, um, an increase in, in other women who are who are commentators, for example. And it's something that um, I will take on as a challenge now um, that I've heard that mm-hmm. uh, to make a more concerted effort um, in our in our daily briefings to have those unheard voices uh, on on the show. I mean, it, it is really particularly in rural South Africa that that, that the women. Are at the forefront of agriculture, at keeping the home together, um, in education, and you know we've got to push and have them at the forefront now uh, of of the media space. Now, listening to um, Tarasai with regards to women's voices being systematically silenced, it seems in some of the media platforms. Then we, you know, we kind of open, you know, a, a women's magazine, and I'm using the term broadly because mm-hmm. there's. I don't know how much woman there is in there. Um, that's realistic woman. Mm-hmm. Um, it does seem to be that women are are still, to a certain extent, being objectified um, and still being portrayed by mass media, you know, as as as, as sexual beings mm-hmm. with regards to the fact that men are the patriarchals in the society. Uh, is that something that you are finding still reigns supreme, both in both in, in the Southern African region as well as abroad? Um. Uh, we, we see that there's, a, there's like a paradigm shift over time. It's not as blatant as it was before. Mm-hmm. There has definitely been gains um, in terms of changing the representation and the portrayal of women. But we still see these pockets of um, stereotypes that are there about women, uh, how women should be like, or how women should talk, or how sh- women should, um, should just conduct carry themselves, themselves yeah. you know. Uh, especially in advertising, yes, um, and and these things are perpetuated and uh, are reinforced in people's minds. And but sometimes we actually do not see. The most dangerous part is that when we do not see, it's like we are gender blind. We have normalized it so much that mm-hmm. we do not see any problem with it. Um, we do not even begin to question until you know you open that lens that I was talking about, the gender lens. You look through it and say, is is this fair portrayal? Now, that's very interesting that you mentioned the fact that we don't even see it after a while because of the fact that we're so used to mm-hmm. it being in mainstream media. Yes. Um, there's, there's quite a lot of studies that have been done with regards to young women and their levels of anorexia and bulimia because of, mm-hmm. of mass media and what is being fed to them mm-hmm. with what is the normal when it comes to beauty, when mm-hmm. it comes to being accepted. Um, it, it's a very interesting point when it comes to where do you draw the line between being happy with your body and flaunting it mm-hmm. and being objectified? You know, where is that happy medium? Um, the media, is, you know, the media has such immense power. Yeah. You know, of course, I'm not saying it's like, um, you know, everything that the media does and people automatically react in a certain way that the media actually wants it to. Um uh, but we 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 get our understanding of the world, um, our 
our sense of identity through what the media produces. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a major issue, a big concern when the media, media peddles such images of women and says this is how you're supposed to be like. And, you know, so you have to get to some grounding, uh, you know, yourself to to then understand the kind of person you are, the kind of woman that you're growing into becoming. And um, that's when the media also needs to come out and give us different, diverse kind of uh, representations of women so that we do not internalize this one way, uh, one dimensional woman that is being presented. So we need to be seeing women in diverse roles, in um, and diverse representations, doing different things, uh, taking up things that were, you know, um, previously just relegated to being, this is a man's world kind mm-hmm. of um, ideas, but to seeing women who are breaking new ground, doing new things. And um, that's when we start seeing women in different ways. Gravani, just to end off with you and just get a few last thoughts from you um, with the subject of being able to to kind of have that happy medium between being a portraying women, you know, in these strong roles where they are um, leading the forefront in things like agriculture and economics and those sort of things that you have mentioned, but still keeping that femininity in the, and that feminine aspect of women. How do you maintain that balance in the newsroom? Um, I, you know, to be quite honest, um when I when I look at my colleagues and I look at at, at the team that I have to lead, I you know I look at them as people and I you know at first value I I don't say that we look at you as a as a woman or a man or but I think it's very important. So so work aside, I think it's very important to embrace one's femininity. I mean, um, it, it's something special that we have in our DNA, um, but. On, on the flip side, it is, it's not all that we're about. We have a lot more to offer society. Um, we have a lot more to give up ourselves. Mm. And it's just a pity that, um, you know, some people, not everybody, some people look first for the curves, then what's on the left and side brain, um, you know, in, in, and, and, and that's how humans judge each other. This is an absolute shame. If I wasn't in the media, because I'm in the media, I'm encouraged to read a lot and, and to get as many views as possible. If I wasn't in the media, I probably wouldn't be buying those glossy magazines. Yeah. Um, because sometimes I, I close those pages and start to feel bad about myself because I am not taking care of my skin. I don't have the latest brand. <laughs> I don't know how to contour my makeup. And quite frankly, that doesn't bother me in the least. Um, that I don't do this every day. I just wish that it wasn't so high on the agenda of, of so many um, and, and because there's a lot more work that need, needs to be done uh, and the way one looks and, and the sex appeal one uses should really need to be at the back of one's mind. I, I, I find it really uh, apprehensible and uh, that... Uh, you know, that that we still, I mean, we've, we've done so much research and we've come so far mm. um, as human beings and we're still objectifying uh, a woman in, in this way and, and it really does bother me. 
Thank you very much. That's Kravani Pillay. She's executive producer for SAFM Current Affairs and News Division, uh, talking to us about women's voices in the media. In studio with me, I have Teresai Nyamweda, who is a media coordinator at Agenda Links. Uh, Teresa, I just lost thought from you. What is the way forward? Looking at the results of the study and recommendations that have been made, what is the way forward? Um, I, th- I think as we... As we say at Genderlings, don't get angry, get smart. Yeah, <laughs> Very good. I'm um, going to remember that. <laughs> don't, don't get, get angry, angry, get smart. smart yeah. Whether it's women in the media, media working in there, um, let's, let's thrive to get to the top. Let's try, th- try and get um, to break the glass ceiling. Um, um, whether it's media activists like myself, gender media activists like myself, um, let's be smart in the way we engage with the media. Mm-hmm. The media is, um, is a business. Yeah, we're there to make money. And let's find different ways to engage with the media that, the, you know, that will make them actually listen to our concerns. That says, if you're saying you're reflecting society, you're just reflecting 20% of society, you know. Yeah. Um, just like and women f- make up more than 50% of the when population. Women make up more than 50%. That's right. So we need to go a, bit, a, a big step further. Uh, I think we need to step up our lobby efforts. Um, we need to start to see the media... Um, continuously engaging them and also um, trying to try, try to make them learn from each other because it's not all doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are some media houses that are far beyond, um, performing far beyond um, than others. So maybe learning from each other, each, each other's institutional practices, um, learning from Lizette has done a story, so-and-so, um, you know, Krivani has also done a story, or what can they learn from each other yeah. and how, how much more can be put into this so that it becomes uh, much better. Um, and also, we need to also continue to, to do this monitoring um, to do this research project and see whether we are actually making any gains. Because over time, th- there has been a shift to some extent. Yeah. Uh, Teresa, I thank you so much for taking the time to join us this morning on Media at SAFM. Um, as we said, we were talking about the voices of women in the media and whether they're being heard or not. Some interesting facts coming up uh, with regards to barriers to entry, how women themselves do not feel comfortable airing their views because of everything that does go out on social media and possible you know, reputational harm that might come to them. Very, very interesting with regards to education and how it seems to be that women are going into media less um, as both as both as teachers and as students, um, so a lot of information. Please do feel free to listen to the podcast. We will, of course, be setting that out after the show.